GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ and I am joined by a man who's constantly getting wet after midnight. Mm, wait, no, that's not how that works, is it? Nope. <laughs> nope. No, that sounds that sounds pretty gross. Maybe we should cut this and redo it. No, nah, I think he Nope, it. let's keep it. We're rolling with it. We're going with it. A man who's wet after midnight, hovercraft Joe. Um so for everyone at home, you should know that we are we are getting ready to record. And LPJ said, Hold on a second, I gotta think of how I gonna start the show. And he's we sat here in silence for like two minutes while he's like minutes. while he thought of that. No, actually, that what I was thinking of didn't come out properly. Oh, well. And you know what? I'm not going to redo it. Anyways, uh, yeah. Uh, That's one of the worst intros you've ever given me. It's not great. That's fine. Uh, um, uh, Also here with us is uh, the Tush. Hey, Tush. I'm perfectly fine saying I get wet after midnight. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you feel about bright, bright lights, though? Oh, I, I'm not a fan. I'm considering mm. turning off my lights right now. Yeah, I'm kind of like actually seeing you fully lit right now is somewhat unpleasant. That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what? You're it's, it's kind of weird looking at the two of you because you've both got like you know beards and stuff and are kind of similarly framed on my view right here. It's almost like Joe ate after midnight and he became Dave. Ooh, I like it. I mean, you've got a beard too. Just shout upstairs to her. Yeah, my... <laughs> there it is. Uh, okay. You know what? You win. You win. You win this round, Dave. Good work, Josh. So, as as we've talked about for Christmas month, you know we're we're having some trouble thinking of Christmas movies. <laughs> uh, so, so we we've had to stretch the concept a little bit. So we're here to talk about Gremlins tonight, which, yes, is not an action movie, but it's more, it it is a Christmas movie, and it's more of an action movie than, say, like, Miracle on 34th Street, (laughs) but I do feel like that this opens the door for next year that we can 100,000% do Home Alone. (laughs) There's there's more action in Home Alone than there is in Gremlins. Or you're at not, least the you're not wrong. Action. You're really you're not wrong. There's a uh, there's a pretty sweet explosion in Gremlins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, this it, this trends more toward an action movie than a lot of Christmas movies. Sure. So, and but you know, more importantly, you know what this allows us to do? What's that? Gremlins two, the new batch. <laughs> oh man, uh, I that I have. Uh, thoughts on Gremlins to the New Bench. I, I'll, oh, save that for, I'll save that for a minute here. Um, okay, so this movie's released on June 8th, 1984. Did you see what other movie was released on the same day as this? It's wild because yeah. it's like this would never happen nowadays because no. there's such a similar audience. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Like, how freaking crazy is it that Gremlins and Ghostbusters came out on the exact same day? 
I mean, it's not like, I mean, you know, back in the old days, like first day, like, you know, like first weekend totals weren't as big of a deal as they are now, but still just, it's crazy that these movies wouldn't want as much distance as possible from each other. It seems like they would appeal to the exact same demographic. Well, I think well, this movie, they didn't expect it to be what it ended up being. That's true. Right. Yeah. I think this movie was more of a surprise hit. Um, but we'll get into the numbers in a second. Uh, Tush, why don't you kind of tell us your... Uh, history or background with this movie so it's fully possible i saw it in theaters i mean i would have been i was about three when it came out but you know movies stayed in theaters longer but i really distinctly remember the first time i distinctly remember seeing it was you used like videotape rentals used to be really weird back in the 80s so like you would go to like an appliance store and like they would have like movies behind the counter that you could rent back when videotapes cost like a hundred dollars and like I specifically remember getting it from the the store that is now the garbage store that just closed, like the garbage year garbage store. Okay, yeah, be, yeah. Uh, used to be an appliance store there, and I we rented it from there and took it home and watched it. Probably when I was like four or five, so, and I loved it. Though the, the uh, Santa story freaked me out. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit. Like that's bizarre. Um, as far as me, I honestly think I didn't see this in theaters. That's for sure. I mean, I was four years old when it came out. Um, I, I definitely believe that I saw the sequel first. Like, like I remember I had a VHS tape, which, (laughs) which like, if you like some of you listening probably don't know what a VHS tape is, but I had like a VHS tape that was taped off like Showtime or something. And it had, uh, Dick Tracy and Gremlins 2, the new batch on it. And I watched that, like, I've seen Gremlins 2 so many so many more times in this first one that there's without a doubt that I saw that first and then eventually went back and watched the original. And I, you know, I, I actually, it is a movie that I pretty much do watch every year around Christmas time. So um, when LBJ threw it out as an option, I immediately jumped all over it. Can, can I ask really quick if your uh, VHS copy of Gremlins 2 was all worn out in the part with the girl Gremlin? <laughs> Like my VHS with Under Siege, your VHS with uh of Gremlins Two was like, oh, the girl Gremlins. Why is it so blurry now? No, but that was that was how uh, podcast guest Jody's uh, VHS recorded copy of Fair Game with Cindy Crawford was. Well, that's fair. Uh, what about you, LPJ? What about you in this movie? Um, I know I saw this in the theater. I know my parents took me to see it. Um, I remember being kind of scared of it after we saw it, but then I also had. Do you remember the books that came with records? Yes. Oh, yeah. I had I was that. Gonna, I was going to say, didn't the, the, this is going to be a very specific thing, but I remember there being, like, back when they were around here, like a giveaway at, like, Hardee's yep. where you could get, like, Gremlin storybooks yeah. and, like, their kids' meals. Yep. They had, had that. They actually sold some in the stores, though, where it was, you know, you'd buy the book and it had the record with it. Um, but, yeah, I had that. I had, you know, some various Gremlins merchandise at the house. I think we had a, we had like a hot cocoa mug or something like one of those, remember the plastic mugs? Like I had an Ewok one and then I had, I think I had a Gremlins uh, one. This is, this is something that only 80s kids will understand. Oh, but I remember, I remember we had a thing of Gremlins color forms yeah. and it was like, Ooh. it was like Billy's bedroom and yep. it had like all the Gremlins and Mogwai and stuff. And so anyway, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We had that too. We had, um, we had, you remember the, uh, 
the the rub on transfer decals you could get. Yeah. So like you, tattoos, basically. They, well, yeah, but you would put them on. You couldn't put them on yourself. Oh, oh iron-ons. No, they weren't iron-ons. No, no, no. They were rub-ons. So you'd put them on like a cardboard box or wood or something, and you, or like the yeah. wall. And you'd it, it was a, you'd, you'd rub a pencil over it, and it would transfer the picture onto whatever surface it was. Tush, I, I had Mister T ones. I had, but I had Gremlins ones also. Tush is more familiar with rub-offs, not rub-ons. That's so. fair. That's fair. And shrinky dinks. <laughs> well, he has. He definitely has a shrinky dink. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, not a shower. But yeah, I, I had, for whatever reason, you know, I, I had a surprising amount of gremlin stuff. Like, after watching this movie, I remembered it. Um, but I, realistically, I've probably only seen the movie all the way through maybe three times, four counting this time. But I've caught That's it. That's weird that you had that times. much gremlin stuff. You've only seen it a few times. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, you're right. Because like I, I saw it, you know, when I was young, and then I haven't watched this movie again in probably 20 years. It's probably been 20 years since I saw this all the way through. No, that's not true. When did? Yeah, no, that is probably true. Actually, yeah. Now that I think about uh, it, I was thinking like maybe when we talked last time we talked about maybe Gremlins two like. 20 years ago, but that would have been 20 years ago when we talked about it last. So, Well, I feel like last time we talked about Gremlins 2 was when we used to ask that guy we worked with at McDonald's who his favorite Gremlin was Yeah, in Rob. Gremlins 2. Yeah, and he used to get really mad at us. Yeah, I don't know why he got so mad. <laughs> I don't know. We'd be like, oh, I like the one with bat wings. Yeah. Anyways, uh, okay. So this movie costs $11 million to make, which is actually kind of crazy. I mean, like, it's not crazy because it's 1984, but like everything in this is like, you know, it's not like it's before CGI. Everything yeah. in it is like, all which is crazy. Effects. So it's it, it it its budget is eleven million dollars. It goes on to gross a hundred and fifty three million dollars. Huge hit. Yeah, that is insane. That turnaround, uh, the investment to how much it ended up uh, uh, making. That's that's insane. Yeah. Um, now, if you'll recall, Joe, we saw an original Gremlin in the Museum of the Weird in Austin, Texas. Oh, that's right. I forgot. There were so many uh, other things about that Museum of the Weird that I maybe blocked out the Gremlin. Like the Iceman, that was probably just like a frozen corpse that they found. Like, hey, here's a frozen homeless person. Yeah, that was that was that was weird. Um, okay, so the Rotten Tomatoes on this is eighty six percent. And the audience score is 78%. So pretty close, pretty aligned. So. Yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised that it's not the other way around. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But again, we don't know. That's again, true. as we always say, we don't really know how they calculate the audience score. Yeah. Because, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes wasn't around in 1984 to ask people as they were coming out of the theater what they thought of it. So who knows where the audience score comes from. Um, okay, top grossing movies of 1984. Uh, number one is a movie that we've done on this podcast, Beverly Hills Cop. Number two is Ghostbusters. Number three is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And number four is this movie, Gremlins. Uh, and the only other movie from 1984 we've done on this podcast is number 21, the Terminator, but I want to—I I haven't pulled up. What a good like, year, man! Well, listen, yeah. listen to this. I want to run th through this with you because I left it up. The top ten for 1984, right? Top ten in the box office: 
Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, and Gremlins, like we talked about. Top four. Then you have The Karate Kid, <laughs> Police Academy, Footloose, Romancing the Stone, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, and number 10, Splash. And I'll let Dave know that number 11 was Purple Rain. Wow. I mean, I got to say, with all that good stuff in 1984, I think if we can definitively say George Orwell was full of shit. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, Conan the Destroyer, Red Dawn, uh, Friday, th- Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. Ooh, a movie that I absolutely love, and I'm gonna find a way to do it on the podcast is The Last Starfighter, and that came out in 1980. Yeah, we so. should do it. You know what we should do? We should just do like 1984 month and pick like four <laughs> movies from 1984. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Dave, I don't uh, think you're like you're a conspiracy theory podcast. Like it's <laughs> 1984 month. We're here to tell you how the government is destroying your lives. <laughs> I'm pretty sure people but, know already. Yeah, touche. But anyways, 1984 was a a solid year for movies. Um, okay, cast of this movie: um, Zach Galligan, uh, Phoebe Cates, <laughs> and the only other person to mention for me is uh what's his name uh well okay judge reinhold sorry judge reinhold has a small role and uh what's his name the guy from breaking bad um uh he's uh he was the he, oh, he was banks. the other jonathan banks is yep. the other cop in it, and that's really all i have i don't know if you guys have anyone else uh cory feldman oh i forgot about cory feldman dang um like the guy who plays his dad is was a famous singer also so you've probably heard like like he has a rendition of joy to the world that you've probably heard a million times like around don't tell me time. what i've heard don't tell me what i've heard oh, just right. <laughs> maybe not maybe i don't know maybe you don't uh. listen to music i don't know um like howie mandel and frank welker did voices for the gremlins and for gizmo um, optimus prime yeah no, after, well, he did. That's Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen also did voices. So did Jim oh. Cummings. Jim Cummings is the voice Frank, of Goofy. Frank Frank Welker is what Megatron. Frank Welker's yeah. Frank Welker's Megatron. Yep. Okay. Yep. Michael Winslow from Police Academy. Whoa. He did voices. Yeah. He did sound effects and voices. So it had like a big voice cast, and then there's cameos and stuff from. Steven Spielberg, Jerry Goldsmith, the, the composer, Chuck Jones, the. Uh, Famous uh, animator for Warner Brothers cartoons. He's in this. That's it. LPJ always really gets a boner for a voice cast. I do. Voice, voice actors. You know what? Voice casters, voice actors <laughs> don't get enough love. True. We had to put him We had to put him on suicide watch when Kevin Conroy died. <clears throat> Bro, that was, was sad, though. That was, rough, was, that was sad. Bad. That hurt. That was sad, dude. That dude. Yeah, yeah. That ruled. He's, 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 you know what? He's our generation's Batman. It's true. Uh, okay. So this movie is directed by Joe Dante, um, who I was, I'm like looking at the things that he directed, um, in, uh, inner space. Uh, that was a movie I remember really enjoying, uh, and seeing a lot. Do you guys remember? I I don't actually like that movie. You don't like inner space. I don't No. I granted it's been a long time since I've seen it, but yeah, I don't like inner space. Last time I watched, I did not like it. Oh man! Uh, what what else? Uh, the Howling. Oh, he directed Small Soldiers too. Mm-hmm. So well, he got his uh, big start from doing like Piranha. 
that was sort of the big thing he did was Piranha was that low budget um, horror movie that sort of blew up. And then he did the howling right after that and at and became friends with um, Steven Spielberg. And so he worked on like Twilight Zone, the movie. And then he sort of collaborated with Steven Spielberg on a lot of things, but directed just kind of a, a relatively small list of movies. Oh, he directed yeah. The Burbs yeah. and The mm-hmm. Explorers. I remember The Explorers a lot. Mm-hmm. I've got one that will give each of you a boner. First, Joe, he had an episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. And Knott's Nutter, he had a MacGyver. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Did a lot of TV work. Yep. Yeah. That, that's the new MacGyver, though. He didn't do the. Oh, okay. The, didn't do the original. Get it together, Tush. Sorry. Uh, oh, he directed Looney Tunes back in action. Yeah, so. There's that. <laughs> directed Matinee with John Goodman. Um, and then, so this movie's written by Christopher Columbus. Um, he discovered before, America. <laughs> before is kind of like, you know, I he was obviously n- known more for writing things before his, like, breakout directing. <laughs> and producing, uh, yeah. Like Home Alone. Mm-hmm. You know, he wrote this. He wrote Goonies. I guess he was just big on selling scripts to Steven Spielberg. <laughs> well, you know, you heard the story about uh, how he got the job directing Home Alone, right? Uh-uh. He was a, the original director for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, but they were having troubles, and and uh, John Hughes is like, hey, I know Chevy Chase is an asshole. You want to direct this movie instead? He's like, sure. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. uh, but, and then the music... Oh, go ahead. But, it, but it's interesting to talk about um, the like Spielberg, Christopher Columbus, or Chris Columbus, Christopher Columbus, Chris Columbus, and Joe Dante, because in this time frame, in like you know, late seventies to late eighties, Steven Spielberg's developing this sort of stable of people he's consistently working with. And it's neat because like this movie and a lot of the movies in that era sort of have a same look and feel to them like this, um, back to the future karate kid to an extent has a sort of a a similar feel to this, the Spielberg movies, Goonies, they all have sort of a, a Steven Spielberg sort of touch on them. And it's kind of interesting. These are a good microcosm of the early eighties movies. Like they all have that same sort of early eighties feel to them. Yeah. Um, okay. So it, the music is by, uh, our good friend, uh, Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, and I think we're going to play a sample, correct? Yeah. We're going to play the theme from gremlins. Here we go. the picture it's such a weird song like because it's kind of carnival-esque kind of horror sort of silly and goofy it kind of makes sense for this movie because it's it really does sort of uh encapsulate the feel of this film like it's horror it's comedy it's silliness it's just a it's a good theme like the the theme fits this movie very well no, I yeah, agree. Like, I agree. Like this movie is kind of like it's really like it's horror for the whole family. You know, it's yeah. kind of 
entry level horror. I think like a lot of people who started like liking horror movies later in life probably started out with this movie. It's like you know, it got good, you got some good scares and some creepiness, but it's still just all good fun. I think my seven year old would like it a lot. I haven't shown it to him yet, but I think he would enjoy this, the creepiness and silliness of this movie a lot. Yeah, and I, and I think you know, like there's a, it's definitely a movie where it's like. I don't know exactly what the age is, but it can, it could be scary. Like, it, you know, like if watching it at a certain age, it could be, it have a certain level of scariness to it. Sure. You know, watching it, obviously, as you get older, you're like, all right, well, this isn't really scary. It's more just like silly, but the, you know, um, yeah, I almost a disclaimer, like, you know, this might scare your kids if your kid's like a bitch, you know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, a little punk, little punk ass bitch, you know, might get scared by this. So, you know what? You know. That's it. That's the new tag for when I post the show. That's what the description's going to be. <laughs> um. So I, I almost forgot. I have some net worth to do, and I and I feel really bad. Um. I want to circle back <clears throat> because it slipped my mind, and I feel horrible about it because I've been doing it for so many episodes. I forgot to point out how much higher the eighty six percent Rotten Tomatoes score this one has. <laughs> Uh, than the nine percent that Beverly Hills Cop three has. So, and, and what made me think of it is that the first person on my net worth list is Judge Reinhold, and he does have that uh, sour, sour Beverly Hills Cop three money. So, what do you think, Tush, for Judge Reinhold? Well, he's got that sweet, sweet taking over for Charles Grodin in the straight to video Beethoven movies money. Wow, so deep. I think bull. he has. I think he has $3 million. Okay. What do you think, uh, LPJ? I mean, I guess he's got that Fast Times at Ridgemont High money, but how do I top Dave? <laughs> I mean, Tush? Uh, I'll go um, $10 million. So close, Tush. He's got $2.5 million. Ooh. Uh, all right. Next up, Phoebe Cates. Uh, she's got that sweet, sweet drop-dead Fred money. Uh, LPJ, what do you what do you think for Phoebe Cates? I think I used it the last time she was on the show. Um, she's got that sweet, sweet uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High money. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll go fifteen million. Okay, what do you think, Tush? She's got that those sweet, sweet. Oh no, never mind. I was gonna talk about the other sweet, sweet thing she has in Fast Times at Ridgemont. <laughs> but um, she's got that sweet, sweet Princess Caribou money. Princess, um, Caribou and she's married talk- to Kevin Klein. I wonder if they do if their net worth is determined like if it's like you know their assets are combined. We never know. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say twenty million. Uh, actually, thirty-five million dollars. Yeah, I'm guess- uh, she retired from acting like twenty years ago, so I'm betting those are combined assets. Or maybe she does other things, Dave. You know what? I, I believe people she do have other jobs, have, like like a lifestyle brand or like. Don't put her. Don't something. put her in a fucking box, Tush. Yeah, Jeez. I'm not. Don't put baby in the corner. Why do you? Why do you hate women so much, Tush? I don't. I clearly love them <laughs> and their tushes. Uh, okay, and finally, uh, Zach. Hold Galligan. on. Wait. Hold on. Let me get it back up here. That is not how you got the name the Tush. <laughs> you got the name Tush because you kept hey. talking about Kevin Costner's butt in different things. I don't discriminate Tushes, and it was just likely it could have just been Van, it could have been Van Damme's butt or Mel Gibson's butt as well. Either way, it was not for a woman's. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's yeah. just objectively, <laughs> you know, just to be an objective Tush. Oh, yeah, okay. You, know? you, you can you can try and self-correct this now, but it's not going to happen. 
yeah, he's definitely. This is a uh, no retroactive. Retro, yeah. yeah, he's retroactively changing how he got the nickname. You don't get the Anyways, name, Dave. <laughs> hey, no, I, I, I'm just saying. I, you know, I, your game recognizes game. <laughs> well, anyway, so moving on. So Zach Galligan, he's got that sweet, sweet Gremlins to the new batch money. What do you think, Tush? For got Zach that Galligan, sweet, sweet uh, Super Bowl commercial from this last year with Gizmo money. <laughs> Where is also, Gizmo taking? Also, what's that? Are they feeding Gizmo Mountain Dew? Is that they what are. it is? Okay. And also, he's got that sweet, sweet waxwork money. So, I'm going to say um, he's got $250,000. All right. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, LPJ? I literally forgot he existed. Like... Uh, I, waxwork is like an evil version of Night at the Museum. No, I know. I know what waxwork is. I'm just saying, I have no idea what else he was in, um, other than those two movies that you just mentioned and this one. Uh, I'll go. You know what? He's got some residuals. A million dollars. Five hundred thousand dollars right. for uh, Zach. I'm, I'm, as we talk, I'm like, Ooh, is there anything else that he was in recently? Doesn't look like it. Did he play like <laughs> the dad in the teen show or something at one point? Or uh, I don't know. To, yeah, to be determined. Matter, Let, I guess. Yeah, let's just skip it. Uh, okay, taglines. There are a lot of taglines, and I'm going to read them for you. First one, cute, clever, mischievous, intelligent, dangerous. Is that all, all right. one tagline? Yes. <laughs> the next one, I don't understand, but it says, you can't get burned seeing gremlins. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, maybe that's I, like a maybe that's like a knock on some other movie that came out. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the next one is Steven Spielberg presents. Okay. All right. Next one. What you see isn't always what you get. All right. This next one, uh, I feel like Tush is gonna laugh at. The Gremlins are coming. <laughs> How's it spelled? C O M I N. Oh, okay. Never mind. Also, the gremlins don't wear pants, so they clearly they don't. don't have they don't have dicks. So no, because they don't reproduce that way. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, they have one. I think a lot of lizards sometimes have it inside. So you know, like a crocodile, could so be. they can just you know come out when needs when it need be. I don't have the camera on, so I could look at the taglines. How is LPJ responding to this? Uh, gremlin He's rubbing dick. his face kind of with the pain. <laughs> He's not enjoying the Gremlin Dick conversation. I'll give you the, uh, I'll give you the wrap it up sign. Yeah, but that that means nothing. Uh, next one. Don't get them wet. Keep them out of bright light, and never feed them after midnight. I think I heard okay. that somewhere. Uh, and then we have they didn't obey the rules. And then uh, finally is apparently from the 1985 re-release, and it just says we're back. They re-release this. Apparently in 1985 they re-released it. Why that wouldn't probably, that probably would have been when I would have seen it in theater then? Why wouldn't they re-release it? It made uh, so much money well, off. I'm just surprised it was like the next year they re-released it. Uh, release brought in. Holy cow! The film became available to audience once again when it was brought back to theaters on August 30th, 1985. The additional release brought its grosses to 153 million. Okay. February the film and yeah, wow, okay. So it's that second release that really bumped it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, anything 
uh, else specifically you want to mention before we get into like the plot? Mm, I mean, the movie when Chris Columbus wrote it, he just wrote it like as a spec script to try and get jobs writing other things. So it was wasn't even like a fully formed script when he when Steven Spielberg saw it. He read it, and Chris Chris Columbus expected to get a job to do something else. And Spielberg's like, no, I'm going to buy the script as is and just have you finish it, and we're going to make this movie. And so it sort of took him off guard by surprise. You know, he didn't expect something like this to ever get made. Yeah. Okay, it was I, good. <laughs> no, I would. Sorry, I was getting my uh, my plot notes ready, but it was. I think some of the things did say that it was um, originally kind of more of like a darker script. Like they, oh yeah, they kind, very of, dark. They, they kind of turned it into more of a family friendly movie. Yeah. Uh, by taking out like some of the more darker and, and violent elements of it. And one of the biggest things that they took that they changed was that. Originally, Gizmo and Spike were the same characters. Gizmo came, he's all cute and cuddly. Then he became Spike and was the villain. And, or Strike, I'm sorry, not Spike. And uh, But then they're like, no, Gizmo's cute. We can do a lot of merchandising with him. He's the hero of the movie. This was all Spielberg deciding this. There's yep. basically like, like Joe Dante was the director, but ultimately he was not in charge. It's the exact same thing with Poltergeist. It's yeah. like, ultimately Steven Spielberg had you know, say over what happened. Yeah, but, you know, it was a good call. Because if they didn't oh, have agreed. Gizmo, there's no way it would have done as well no. as it did. It would just, it would be kind of maybe a cult-like uh, horror movie, and that'd be about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 I agree. And I and I think, yeah, um, it's surprising, isn't it? And maybe we'll get into this later at the end, but... It's surprising that there was never like a third Gremlins movie, right? I guess I never looked at the box office of the second one though. The so maybe the one second one bombed. Oh, did it? Yeah, Oof, like critics man. liked it, but it completely bombed in the theaters. Well, maybe maybe that no one appreciated the Hulk Hogan cameo. <laughs> I did. When you, you had to go you had the yell video at... game too, didn't you? The Game Boy game? I had a Gremlins 2 uh Game Boy game. Yeah, that's, what I thought. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Uh okay. the, you, wait, hold on, you had the novelization too, didn't you? You you keep saying I have the novelization. I don't know if I remember having it, but maybe I did. I think you did. I'm pretty sure you did. It's it's possible. I mean, I I was really into Gremlins too. Like, there's no there's no getting around it. Like, Gremlins two is yeah. So it, it's possible. Uh, okay. So movie starts off. We're introduced to Rand Peltzer. Uh, he's an inventor, and he's in Chinatown. Uh, this kid that he runs into takes him to his uh, grandfather's store. Uh, it's like, hey, it's got lots of crazy stuff in there. He shows him the bathroom buddy, uh, which seems a little too bulky to be helpful to me, like the bathroom buddy. But I mean, I, yeah, well, I don't that's kind of his deal. He's a he's a traveling inventor, like trying. He's, he's an inventor. He's traveling to try and sell whatever it is he's invented to various distributors. Um, and while he's out. He's looking for a unique gift for his son. Right. Uh, so he's kind of looking around the store. He tries to sell him the bathroom buddy. And then he then he like hears Gizmo talking and he, and he sees what the Mogwai is uh, and he wants to buy it. Uh, but the old man that runs the store is like, nah, it's not for sale. Um, he, he offers him like I can't. He offers him a decent like uh, a couple hundred. Yeah, a couple hundred bucks. 
Uh, but then the kid's like, hey, hold on, just wait outside. And he ends up selling it to him because uh, he's like, we need the money. Uh, and he's like, but hey, heads up. He, there's some rules you got to remember. Keep it away from water. Uh, keep him out of bright light and never feed him after midnight. So gives him the rules, which is nice because, I mean, I guess he didn't have to give him the rules. But um, now the rules, I, I like the idea that I found out while doing the research is the rule about keeping him out of bright light was basically written in because they wanted to be able to hide some of the like, you know, like the puppets and the animatronics yeah. and stuff like that in order to hide some of the flaws in it. They were like, well, just you can't have them in bright light. So it like helps. I, I, I do like that. That's uh, and the midnight thing. I, I mean, obviously, they kind of make fun of it in the second one, but it's always kind of a weird thing because it's like does obviously it's always after midnight somewhere in the world. Yeah. So it's like their their internal clock must be set with where they are in the world or. I don't You're know. not supposed to think about it that much. I'm not sure. And you know, and the other question is So the kid knew about these rules and he knew they were bad, but did he understand what would happen if he broke the rules? Other than the sunlight killing it? Because, you know, gremlins weren't a thing at any point in history. You never heard about them. Although at the mm. end it makes sense they sort of played off as uh mass hysteria so maybe that was i mean they talk well it's funny they bring them up in a way that i'm surprised that roll doll didn't sue the shit out of them yeah. because <laughs> they talk about them like being like you know in the bot you know in the fighter planes in world war ii and like literally they were developing the movie gremlins at disney with roll doll was developing it because that was the thing they they just blame like you know like mechanical failure on gremlins stuff like that and i was kind of surprised that they you know brought that into this movie it's like man I maybe rolled all just. I mean, people weren't just as liti- litigious back then because, like, I'm shocked they didn't get sued or for including care. that part, you know. But yeah, it was, it was something that basically Disney's like, um, hey, we just realized that the heroes of our movie shouldn't be downing Allied fighter planes during World War II, <laughs> so we're not going to make this movie. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, we're introduced to Billy. His car won't start. Uh, this is just maybe a little nitpick, but I'm like, it seemed like it wasn't it, like he really didn't need to drive to the bank because it seems like it was a pretty short walk yeah. from his house uh, to get to the bank. Uh, did you guys see what like the set for Kingston Falls, like what it ended up being used as like the back yeah. to the future? Yeah. The mm-hmm. and, and it's, I mean, it's also I mean, you can still see it when you take the back lot tour. At Universal, Universal Hollywood, yeah. it's like it's it's a it's been used in so many movies. Yep. Um, okay, so uh, he 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 walks to the bank because it seems kind of close. Uh, Phoebe Cates works at the bank with him. Uh, now, Mrs. Deagle, while a bitch for sure, she owns real estate in the town. I I was kind of confused. I've always been confused, kind of about like what she's her supposed role to be is. like the lady Mrs. Potter in in uh, It's a Wonderful Life, like just like. Like she, she like owns like interest in the bank. Like she's like, but she, I think she's a part owner of the bank, or maybe. So yeah, she's. I guess they they say in like the novelization that like she was buying up uh, part of the town to evict people. She wanted to sell it, like sell it all to a chemical factory, and but that gets cut out. But like yeah, she's just supposed to be like a land baron, and like you know, I'm I'm just saying that when she dies, I was happy. You know. Hey, spoiler alert! <laughs> this movie taught me to hate mean old ladies. You know what? And that's fair. 
<laughs> so, uh, and I have to be honest, like, I mean, he should, why is he bringing the dog to the bank, right? Like, yeah, why can't the dog ab- just stay home? There's zero reason for mom. him. Yes, there's zero reason for him to bring the dog to the bank. Yeah. Because it, like, well, she wants, oh, go ahead. So, so Mrs. Deagle, like, literally threatens to kill the dog. Like, mm-hmm. makes an overt threat. I'm going to kill your dog. I'm pretty sure even in 1984, that's a crime. Well, but then the dog does jump out from behind the counter at the bank, and it does kind of attack her. So. Well, because she's wearing a fur coat. He thinks and, it's an and, animal. And I'm like, oh, she might have a case against this dog, because it shouldn't be at the bank, and it did kind of attack her. So by 1984 standards, yes. But by modern standards, people love dogs way more. So people were like, oh, yeah, that dog should have killed her. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, we're also introduced to Judge Judge Reinhold. He works at the bank, and he's just kind of a jerk. I did see that it said that originally like his character was supposed to have a bigger role in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but they ended up cutting it. So he's really only in like two scenes, right? Like, yep. Uh, um, that one and then one later on. Yeah, they said it. that there was basically there we go. There was a plot that they never filmed where he was actually going to help um, uh, Zach Galligan and Phoebe Cates and like help them beat the gremlins. And then the thing that they did film but didn't use was him hiding in the bank vault and going crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we see him at the bar, uh, or Peter Gallagher at that bar, Billy. Zach uh, Gallagher. It'd be weird if Peter Gallagher showed up with his giant eyebrows. Jesus. I'm just going to say Billy. So, uh, Phoebe Cates works there, too. Uh, Judge Reinhold is there in his other scene, and I just thought it was funny that he brags about having cable, because, you know, back then it was a big deal to have cable. It was. Um. So then we're in the kitchen of the Pelzer's house, and there's some weird egg machine that is. And like the whole thing about Billy's dad is that like none of his inventions work right. Like they all kind of mess stuff up, right? Like, and they're all for shit that is easy to do anyway. Like, oh, it cracks eggs for you. It's like, yeah, that's not that hard, dude. Or you know, (laughs) like yo, you can make a juice or like the smokeless ashtray. Come on. Um. So Billy Dad, Billy Dad. All right, Billy's dad <laughs> arrives and gives him Gizmo and explains the three rules to him. And then, like, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Like, Gizmo can kind of speak English, but he kind of can't. And then, like, at the end of the movie, the old man's like, "Oh, if you under, if you listen, you can." I don't understand. Like, does does he understand? Can he speak English or he can't speak English or what's the deal with that? I think it's like a, you know, like Luke speaking to R two D two kind of thing. They just understand oh. each other. That was interesting. Yeah. That you, that's interesting. That it didn't go with the Han Solo Chewbacca. Because well, uh, uh, the Wookiees have an actual language. Yeah, I think he's just basically going off inflection and stuff like that. Or like, you know, like when he tries to give him meat after midnight, he shakes his head. No, you know. Right. So, so anyways, also my next note talks about how bad the, I mean, the egg machine doesn't work. The orange juice machine sucks. It yeah, like blows up and. And shoots orange juice all over the world. The coffee machine, definitely not good. The coffee Ooh, that's that's dangerous. Uh, so Corey Feldman shows up and brings them their Christmas tree, which I always find it weird in movies that people get their Christmas trees like on Christmas Eve, like or the day before Christmas Eve, because it's like, isn't it super close to Christmas Eve in the movie? 
Because they're talking about how his dad might not be home for Christmas Eve. Yeah, it was like yeah, within think, within a yeah, week. It's more to introduce him, you know, like. Well, but yeah, it's. I but, never, he, but he shows up before at the lot, doesn't he? In the costume or. The dad? Yeah. They, they, no, they introduced Corey Feldman when yeah, they first the, the Christmas tree lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I never grew up. I was, we always had artificial trees. Joe, I know you always, yeah, you almost good. always had live trees. A, a real tree. Yeah. When I was growing up, so but we when still did you guys get it. I mean, we'd still, you'd still get it a couple weeks before Christmas. I mean, it wasn't like the day of like, you know, they, they had a shelf life obviously, but we'd still go like early in December to get the tree. We so normally because of my allergies, we always got an artificial tree, or we always had an artificial tree. But one year it was bizarre. We got a live tree, and the fact that it was truly alive, it was in a big dirt pot in our living room. So now it's planted in my parents' front yard. Oh. It's really bizarre. How bizarre? How bizarre? <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> that, love, that's love, it. Love, that was the one. Love, that was the one love, that did it to me. I love how LBJ is okay with any tangents that he decides to go on, but if we go on a little tangent, he's like, duh, 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 "Let's keep going." That's it was, enough. It was that the how bizarre one? Come on, it's because it's because he hates New Zealand. I do, and all of their music. Yep, he does. He does. He does. Uh, so anyway, so Corey Feldman, he he finds out about Gizmo and he spills water on him, uh, and Gizmo like freaks out and he multiplies and makes uh, five new Mogwais, which is like that's a pretty impressive like effect like him like the back bubbling and the, the it's yeah. creepy like the way the face that he's making it's really unnerving yeah it, it, it's really impressive like to think that it's all practical you know for 1984 yeah. so um <laughs> so i like the idea that it, like and this is what I, my note says is because it's like he spills the water he multiplies Five new Mogwais show up, and Corey Feldman seems to give gear, zero shits about it. He just like lays down on the bed and starts like looking at a comic book. It's like you, this is more of a big deal. This thing just multiplied and made five new Mogwais. It's eighties Corey Feldman. He was probably high, <laughs> possibly. Uh, and then uh, all the I don't understand why are all the new Mogwais dicks like why is that like a thing i think they I mean, explain I it they explain it in again in the novelization they say that gizmo the weirdest thing is that he's an eternal mogwai which means he doesn't want to become a gremlin whereas uh other and they say that actually that the one that they take to the science lab was also an eternal mogwai but he does end up becoming a gremlin <laughs> I, I, I it's on the imdb notes it's weird an eternal Mogwai? Well, I guess eternal mean that they're never going to become a gremlin. But the other gremlins, like, you know, it's like, but a lot of them's like, no, we want to become a gremlin. Yeah, it seems like by nature, the Mogwai are assholes and want to be gremlins. Yeah. And that well, Gizmo is kind of the exception. All right. So the 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 uh, the Mogwais are specifically striped. Uh, strings the dog up by Christmas lights outside. How he accomplished that, I have no idea. Um, well, and that's, that's my other question, is if they can do that, couldn't they cause more shit? Like, couldn't they, like, make a lot more chaos if they were cute? And like, Or couldn't they go down themselves and open the fridge and eat something after yeah, midnight? That's true. <laughs> yeah, like, they can't get out of the cardboard box that he has them in, yet they can't <laughs> Just, you know, they can't string a dog up, you know, 
yeah, it's, uh, you know, there, there's some inconsistencies. Um, so, yeah, my next note is about how the coffee maker sucks. Uh, so Billy takes a mogwai to show his, like, the high school science teacher, and they get it wet on purpose. Uh, but for some reason, <laughs> when they get it wet this time, it just makes one extra well, like a drop of, He uses a one drop yeah. of water this time. Okay. Instead of a full cup. Um, then we go back to the bar, and Mr. Futterman, who we're introduced to earlier, is wasted. Uh um, um, and then like he's walking Phoebe Kate's home, Billy is, and like that's when he get her. She starts talking about how much she dislikes Christmas and how many like suicides happen on Christmas and how she doesn't celebrate Christmas. And it's like, oh, okay, hold on, that's yeek. We'll come back to that later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, science teacher takes blood from the Mogwai, um, and then Billy gives the Mogwai all some chicken, but Gizmo won't. He's like, no, I don't want any chicken, right? So he uh, also the close-up shot of the Mogwai eating the chicken is disgusting. Yeah, gross. it's so gross. It's so gross. Um, so and and also conveniently, the Mogwai that is at the school with the science teacher also eats after midnight, right? He grabs a sandwich and like eats it, but then it turns out that they actually tricked Billy into feeding him after midnight because they like uh, broke. Uh, his clock radio, so it stopped before, so he didn't realize it was after midnight. How does he not but realize? Again, I mean, I guess, I, I, I guess I would put it as this: is it's like it's nineteen eighty four. You don't have your cell phone to check the time. You don't have, you know, like you have your clock. That's and so true. If you're not paying, you know, like I, I think, I think obviously now it's like, well, yeah, it's like I can look at my cell phone, look at the time in the, you know, my my laptop here, like. But I think back then it's like you had your clock. So if you weren't really paying attention, you're like, okay, it's fine. So yeah, no, that's fair. All right, that's okay. I, I buy it. <laughs> so uh, he wakes up in the morning and they're in a weird cocoon, which we find is a pupil stage, like a like a butterfly, right? Like yeah. a uh, yeah. Um, so um, the gremlin kills the science teacher, and I'm kind of yeah. They break I, they I, break out of the cocoons. Right, they break out of the cocoons, and the 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 one at the school kills the science teacher. Um, also, so the ones at home hatch, and, and they go after Billy's mom. And I, I'm always kind of confused about what the gremlins can do because they put out a wrecker at the house. Yeah, for some reason, and, and I'm not sure why. But then they attack Billy's mom. Uh, she puts one. Is that like a blender or a mixing bowl that she gets the one in? I think it's one of his weird inventions. And I think it's like, uh, I think it's like an automatic mixing bowl or something. Yeah. And I always remember that she puts the one in the microwave and it dies. Yeah. But I, but I, which is, which is cool. But I always forget that she also just straight up stabs one to death on the kitchen counter with a knife, which is like, um, and the, ori- the original script, she was supposed to have, she was supposed to get killed, and her head was supposed to be chopped off and rolled down the stairs when Billy gets home. It's true, and the dog was going to have died when they hung it. They were going to have eaten the dog. Yeah, they were also going to all show up at McDonald's and leave the burgers alone to eat the people uh-huh. at McDonald's. <laughs> it was dark. Well, yeah. and that's. I'll ask this question now because you know a lot of the rest of this movie is just gremlin mischief, like. Are the gremlins trying to kill people or are they just trying to do like mischievous things and sometimes people get killed? It's very I think confusing. There's like a variety. There's only a few chaos. evil ones. The others just want to party. 
Yeah, I think you're right. Stripe is like the one that's actually like flat out evil, and they just sort of follow whatever it is he does. Well, and that's we used to always have this joke at work. It was a while ago, day before you even worked there, where we're like, if you were just like, if you just were like, hey, I'm gonna party with you, Gremlins. Would I they feel be? Like cool? I was there for that. Would they be cool with you? Would they be yeah. like, all right, it's fine. We're just gonna do some shots or whatever. Or yeah, we said that, like Jeff and Corey would just like hang out with them. You know? <laughs> I believe we said that they would like the Gremlins couldn't keep up with Jeff and Corey. They'd be like, yeah. Aah. They'd be call like, us, ah, call, we're at the casino. Call us an Uber. Those are the grim <laughs> ones. <laughs> Do you, did you like that tangent, LBJ? It was fine. It was relevant. Uh, so I believe it's Stripe. No, it's not Stripe. A uh, gremlin hides in the Christmas tree right. uh, and, and attacks Billy's mom. Billy shows up, cuts its head off with a sword, and its uh, head flies into the fireplace and catches on fire. Um. So Stripe at this point, I think, is the only gremlin left, right? They've no, killed all the other ones. We haven't talked about them burning the. We haven't talked about them burning the uh, theater down yet. No, but he's saying like of the original <laughs> batch. Oh, the original batch. Yes, 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 yes. I, yeah. Well, Stripe, and then the one at the school, right? Oh yeah, the one at the school is still around too. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It does because I don't ever really explain what happens to him. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter. So Stripe jumps into the pool at the YMCA uh, to create more gremlins, and I'm like, how does it ever stop making gremlins? Because like, and if would you're, it, and, and wouldn't it make more Mogwai, and then they'd have to be turned into gremlins? And well, also, LP Day says he doesn't understand because when he reproduces, no one gets wet. <laughs> Oh, I, I had that. <laughs> I was thinking about that for a little while. It's good. But it's, like, all right. but, but like, you. seriously, he's in the pool making more gremlins, mm-hmm. and then those gremlins are going to make gremlins. Wouldn't it just be like an infinite amount of gremlins? Maybe. Or maybe there's some kind of um, like lag time. Like maybe it uses up the water, or maybe yeah. like they can't make gremlins. They can't. They can't reproduce for. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's other rules we don't know about. Also, maybe, I would, maybe they've got like skin sperm, and they've only got so much skin sperm they can release at one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the look on your face is exact is exactly how maybe gross some it of, is. Maybe some of the gremlins are just shooting blanks, man. It's true. Also, like, wh- where do all the lights come from when they like are come out of the cocoons and multiply? Like, it always seems to be just like lights, and I'm like, where are those lights coming from? And you would think that lights would be like a bad thing for them, but. Maybe. Um, okay, so Billy goes to the police, and they obviously don't believe him about the gremlins. Uh, the gremlins start kind of uh, invade; they, they start wreaking havoc on the town. They drive Mister Futterman's snowplow into his house, which I I feel like it's heavily implied that they get killed by the snowplow. Yeah, but then they but they definitely show up in the sequel. Right. Um, they said that it was more explicit again in the original script, but they just thought like, eh, you know what? He's kind of a likable character, you know, so they they let him live. So does the, he the, own... official, the official human body count in this movie is only four people. So does Mr. Fetterman only have a tractor? That's mm-hmm. that it that does seem kind of like it because he does drive the tractor to the bar. Right. <laughs> it's like his only vehicle. It, I think and he's right. real proud of the fact that that's his only vehicle. You know, my, my lease is up soon. I was originally just going to buy my car, but maybe I should get a tractor. So You look the, like a tractor kind of guy, Dave. 
<laughs> I could go track your supply and not be out of place anymore. Yep. <laughs> uh, so the gremlins go to Mr. Uh, Mr. Mrs. Deagle's house, and I'm like, how do the gremlins know what caroling is? Because <laughs> they're all dressed up caroling at her house. One sneaks into the cat door, rewires her. She has one of those like things that old people have that like it's like a kind of a, a I don't know lift. how to it's, a, it's yeah. like a chair a, a chair lift. Yeah, that takes them up there. Um, and they rewire it. So she goes out there, sees the gremlins caroling, which is hilarious. She screams, is like, ah, she goes back inside, gets on the chairlift, and the thing goes like 200 miles an hour and shoots her out the house. So they were saying, like, I believe it was like kind of the director, like, finally understood and really started. Like, this was a scene they shot early. And when he saw them, or maybe it was the puppeteers, when he saw them dressed up in like those clothes, he's like, okay. These are twisted parodies of people, you know? So that's really kind of, like, how they would make them the rest of the time. It's like, when they're in the bar, they're all doing, like, weird stuff. I'm like, how does, how does one know what Casablanca is, you know? And, like, you know, all that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and one's dancing, like, flash dance. And yeah, it, I, I mean, I get it. Like, I, obviously, you can't think too much about it, right? right. Like, like, my next question is... This and we talked about this, but I literally wrote in my notes. So, do the gremlins want to party or kill people? Because it's very confusing as to what they're. I think they're gonna party, and if people die, oh well. <laughs> and then, so then we go to the bar. They're basically, where, like Buffalo Bills fans. We we <laughs> we go to the bar where Phoebe Cates is serving them all drinks, and I'm like, why doesn't she just leave? Like, why is she there at the bar serving them drinks? I think they won't let her leave. Because there's, well, there's several yeah, I, of them that have, like, guns and knives, and they're just, like, throwing them at the wall and doing crazy stuff with them. Or maybe she's just a dedicated waitress. Well, I'm also like, where did the gremlins get all those guns from? Like, they just have guns. But you're right. That scene is crazy because we get, like, one is kind of, like, wheezing the juice and his uh, stomach's all filling up. Yeah. I like how I said I like how I said wheezing the juice as if that reference from Encino Man <laughs> is something that everybody understands. It's a universal uh, reference. Yeah, and the ones like dancing like flash dance and one like has the overcoat and he makes a joke like he's exposing his non existent dick to her. <laughs> it, it's it's very weird. But then like uh Billy shows up and saves her or, or gets her out of there. Um so the town is all fucked up at this point, right? Uh, they go yeah. into the bank. We skipped to, over to, the part where the cops are completely useless in it. Well, that's, it's just that's, Jonathan Banks and the other guy. And like, now, did they die in that car crash? Because the thing is, is, I've read the human body count is four. So you got the old lady, and you've got the um, the science teacher. I wonder who the maybe the cops are the other two. Maybe the guy in the mailbox. Uh, uh, unconfirmed, but yeah. so. And then they go and hide out in the bank for a bit, and that's when and I'd like one of you to to explain this. Not explain it, but but recount it. So that's when Phoebe Cates tells a story about why she hates Christmas. Which one of you wants to tell why she hates Christmas? Well, you it's, see, Joe. it's so out of place and bizarrely dark and seemingly unnecessary for this well, movie, but go ahead. It's you an see, old Joe. It, You can go you can go ahead, LPJ. Yeah, it's a, it's an old like um What's the word I'm looking for? An old like uh, like not like wives' tale or old like urban myth. Urban legend. It's an old old urban myth. So her dad. So when she, when she's nine years old, 
her father what went missing on Christmas Eve. Like they couldn't find him, right? It's been it's days he didn't come home. They can't figure out where he is. So then she went to go light the chimney or light the light the fire in the fireplace. Months later, right? And realized that smoke's billowing into the house and something's blocking the chimney. There's it's, a terrible smell. There's a terrible smell, and so they send someone up there to go check it, and it's her dad dressed as Santa Claus, who was going to come down the chimney. I don't know why she's asleep when he was going to be doing it on Christmas Eve. And uh, he slipped going down the chimney and broke his neck and died and got wedged and in the chimney. He's also a friggin' idiot. Cause like any house built after like 1800 has a insanely small chimney. You That's know? What I, yeah. Like, and also like, wasn't it enough where they could just been like, Oh, he got stuck in the chimney and died. They had to be like, uh, they had to explain why if he couldn't yell for help. Yeah. Oh. All right. Fair I would have just said he was just a, a drunk and, you know, but it just calm down the it, chimney and, you know, it just seems like it, it's so dark and, and it, it, it doesn't need to be in the movie. Right. Like, I, I mean, I'm not no, saying no. like it ruins the movie for me, but like she, her, her disliking Christmas has no bearing on the plot of the movie where right. it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't factor in at all. Right. No, it does. There is a pretty sweet callback to that in the sequel, though, when she starts like explaining why she doesn't like like Arbor Day or something or Labor Day. I think, and Zach Gallagher's like, "Hun, we don't have time for that right now." <laughs> I, know, I think I don't remember that. I haven't watched the sequel in a long time. I'll, I'll have to watch it. It's on HBO Max. So, um, okay. So uh, the, the, they leave the bank and they can't figure out where all the gremlins are because they're like, man, the town's empty. And then they figure out that they all went inside to the movie theater to watch Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And they're all really into the movie. They're singing like the hi-ho and stuff like that. Um, so they go in there and they, they kind of jerry-rig the boiler and they end up blowing the movie theater up, killing all the gremlins except for Stripe who left to find some more uh, yum, yum. snacks. Yeah, snacks. Um, so they chase him into the department store. Uh, did you like the... I know LPJ like the E.T. The Worst E.T. stuffed the animal. <laughs> um, and I don't know why, but like, this whole sequence of the department store, I love. when I, I just laugh when they show Stripe and he's riding like the tricycle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, that's really funny. And then he like shoots Billy with a freaking crossbow. Yeah. Which is like crazy. And then he attacks him with a chainsaw. That was a great which is bit. Wild, which yeah. is wild. And I like when Gizmo, like, or no, uh, Phoebe Cates turns on the lights and they're bright and he kind of like falls back. And I like that the chainsaw's like dragging, dragging, him. Yep. dragging him on the floor. Uh, Gizmo gets in a Barbie car and is driving it. It's, um, it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those things they always do in movies, which even as a kid drove me insane because like, there's no like small steering wheel and pedals for you to work the car. Right. You know, the only one that ever explains like Toy Story has him like, you know, they actually have their control on it with them, you know, right. but like so many other movies is like, oh yeah, if you're a sm- small character, you can just jump into a car and drive it around. You, you, know? you hated the littles, didn't you? Uh, I don't, I don't think I ever saw the littles. Okay. So yes, I did. <laughs> you can't stop the littles because the littles don't stop. Yep. Is that, is that their thing? I'm pretty sure. I'm um, pretty sure that's how it works. Uh, okay. So uh, Stripe 
gets into the fountain, right? And he's getting he's about ready to multiply, but then Gizmo like launches the Barbie car off a shovel and like opens the blinds and, and the direct sunlight comes in and kills him and it's super gross. So gross. <laughs> really it's, gross. It's so gross. And but it's like it's gross in like a spectacular way because it's like so like he's like melting and you see his skull and like like an eyeball like an and all kinds of things. Like, yeah. Right, and I and I like the I like the fake out because they make you think he's dead, but then it like jumps out of the fountain, but it's just like his skull, and he like falls on the ground. I for some reason thought the dog was gonna like grab his skull and run <laughs> off with it, because at this point his dad is back in town, and the dog jumps out of the car, so they're there. Um, so then they uh, they go back to the house and they're watching the news report, and again, like Tush said, they they're kind of explaining it as like mass hysteria, like you know it, it, they're covering it up, if you will. Well, and also with like the bones, his bones melted, so that can maybe that's why there's never been they melt, there's no record of these creatures, right? Because their bones melt when they die. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, the old dude shows back up at the house, and he's he takes Gizmo back, and he's like. Uh, he gives some kind of speech about how man doesn't understand nature or something like that, doesn't he? He's like, you are not ready. Um, uh, and then, but then, like, uh, Gizmo talks to him and he's like, oh, he wants to talk to you. Uh, so he goes and, like, Gizmo's like, bye, Billy. And, like, then, like, that's the end. Yeah. Well, then there's that voiceover from the dead. Also, really want to compliment you on your old Asian man voice, Joe. <laughs> it was good. It was solid. Yeah. <laughs> Real solid. Any of our um, elderly Asian listeners will be like, "Oh yes, very good." So, but what is the voice? What is the voiceover from his dad? Or someone telling like, like, "Yo, just like yo, turn on all the lights and make sure blah blah blah." And if something's not working, hold each close. If something's not working, you may just have gremlins. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, end of the movie. Uh, not until was it like five years later when they made the sequel? When did the sequel? Come I think out? the sequel is firmly in the nineties. Yeah, so. I think it was like ninety. Ninety. I'm a look. You guys talk for a second. Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> Anything? Gremlins. Gremlins 2, the new batch, is 1990 Okay. <clears throat> on the button. So it it is surprising that like it took six years for them to make a sequel to this movie that was clearly a smash success. So Yeah, I wonder- Well, I think well, I, I believe one of the things that they were kind of waiting for the technology so they could like just go bigger with it. Like they're kind of waiting in technology to get a little bit better, you know. Mm-hmm. So No, I gotcha. Um We'll definitely have to cover Gremlins two at a certain point because I yeah. I I'm so much familiar more familiar with that movie and I like I said I have a weird obsession with Gremlins too so um uh yeah so uh, LPJ did you have any role reversals for this No I didn't actually um, I do Oh yeah I was gonna say I was gonna say yeah. you didn't look at the notes close enough then Apparently Yeah they they considered uh, Judd Nelson and Emilio Estevez for the Zach Galligan role. Oh, okay. I think Judd Nelson would not have worked at all. Emilio might have worked. See, I don't know. Like, I I think that uh, I think that he's Zach Galligan is 
because like I don't oh, know, he's like perfect for it. Like but. Emilio Estevez is almost a little too cool for the role. So is John Nelson. So I feel that's like why he works because you kind of get him as like, you know, like we haven't we didn't talk about really in the plot, but he's like, oh, he's really into drawing things and like art, and he reads comic books and like he's kind of a you know like a, a like a yeah. nerdy guy. So yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, which he goes on to be an architect in the second one. So true. Yep. Um, anything else, uh, specifically that you guys want to talk uh, about? A third one's been kicked around for quite a while now. We're making a TV show right now. Yeah. I think it did be out. Did the third one just become the, did the third uh, one just become a Mountain Dew commercial? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, um, uh, the problem is it's owned by Warner brothers and with, all of the weirdness going on with the Warner Brothers Discovery merger. No one yeah. really knows what actually is in development anymore or not. So yeah. we might not ever see a new Gremlins movie. Like sometimes they'll literally announce that someone is back as an actor <laughs> and then a couple weeks later say, Nope, he's not. Just kidding. Yeah. Hey, remember this news that made you all very happy? Never mind. Uh Tush, did you see that uh, Black Adam is on HBO Max now? It came out today. Oh, I did. I, I, I enjoyed it, but I feel like, I mean, I, you know, like, I feel like it's almost like everything that comes out until they make the, like, the new, new movies almost feels like a lame duck type thing where it's like, you know, oh, well, this isn't going to lead to anything. You know? I just find it funny, and, and this is, we'll get back to Gremlins, but that, like, basically The Rock has been on a crusade to make people think that the movie is more successful than it actually is. So there is a weird thing that Warner Brothers is notorious for, which is finding accounting ways to not, to basically say a movie lost money so they don't have to pay out, to, like, they don't have to pay royalties and things like that. Like, that's the reason why the Tolkien family hates Warner Brothers is because... Warner Brothers for years tried to claim that they didn't owe them any extra money because the Lord of the Rings trilogy was a financial failure. It's right. like, wow. And I guess I've read that that book about like the death of WCW. Actually, it's called Nitro Book. That death of WCW is a secret, secret, separate book. But yeah, they they literally like they almost like hide money so they don't have to pay it out to vendors and, and like stuff like that. It's really weird. But hopefully, right. you don't get sued by Zaslaw. <laughs> well, fair enough. Uh, so before we get into ratings, does anybody have anything else they want to talk about uh, for Gremlins? Uh, I, oh, I, I you just want to say maybe maybe oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I no, no. Please take it away. I was I was already midway, but I'm saying that uh, do yourself a favor. Watch Gremlins two, and then go to YouTube and watch Key and Peel Gremlins two. <laughs> yes. It is spectacular. It is yes, funny. yes, 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 yes. A hundred percent. I agree with you. Uh, I was going to bring up, I, I forgot a piece of merchandise that I had that I just had, didn't remember until I read about it just now. The Topps trading cards. Ooh, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a bunch of those. Uh, oh, I have one other thing. I forgot I pulled it up. Do you guys want to take a quick stab at uh, Corey Feldman? Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet Goonies money. What do you think for the, I forgot that I pulled him up. I didn't have him on my list, but what do you oh. think for Corey Feldman? Uh, just real quick, I'll go five million. Well, what, he's got sweet, sweet what money? Oh, okay, I have to do that too. Uh, yeah. he's got that. <laughs> yeah, he's got that sweet, sweet. Uh, Lost Boys money. All right, what do you think, Tush? Well, you didn't see. Oh, oh well, uh, he's got that sweet, sweet playing a concert at, at the Token Lounge. The Token Lounge, where it's mostly cover bands and Jake the Snake spoken word tours. 
Um, I think he has uh, two million dollars. Uh, one million dollars for Corey Feldman. So sorry, I, I forgot. I thank you, Joe. Value add. Good work. I read an amazing article where he basically tried to turn his like ranch home in like the valley into the Playboy Mansion too. I would like and and like a, would, like throw parties you had to pay to get into if you were a guy and like they just like he so Vice went like they're like we want to like do an this article is, this about you already. Like, this is a tangent that we can skip. It's true. He's like, you can't write anything bad about me. So they wrote nice, like overly nice things, but just took pictures of how sad the party was. And the article is hilarious to watch when you when, or read. I'm sorry. Uh, so, okay. there we go. Are, we, are we ready to rate this? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm hitting the button. All right. Who wants to go first? Also, Joe, are you okay? Yeah, why, why would you I? You just did a thing. I said, you have the pee pee shivers? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I got to chill. I got to chill. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you, notice any Twitch from him with all my Twitches. <laughs> Tush, why don't you go first? Okay, you know what? I mean, this is a classic. I mean, like, you know, like you said, there, there's some stuff that's like, you know, it's like, okay, that doesn't make sense. But I mean, you know, I watch it every Christmas. Um, I'm going to give it four machine guns. Uh, LBJ? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this movie. Um, I forgot how much I really liked it. Uh, I hadn't seen it in a while. It it definitely takes me back to the early to mid nineteen eighties. Like it's firmly entr- firmly entrenched in that time. Um, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Four machine guns. Also, it's really good. I think people should watch it. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you guys. Like I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I, I I think it's a fun watch. I also think it's it's really impressive that everything is you know practical effects, um, and yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I obviously nostalgia is a big factor in this. I feel like giving this four machine guns. I'm like, am I going to give the second one four and a half machine guns? <laughs> Probably not. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go along with you guys and give this one four because I do I do love watching it and it's great. So yep, fantastic yep. movie. All right, um, check us out. At uh, GameZillaMedia.com and uh, click well, on the Discord on. link. What? We well, didn't ask Tush if he had any plugs. I was going to do that next. Yeah, because we haven't talked about Tubi yet. I was going to do that after this plug, but please, go ahead. Tush, <laughs> pl- plug away. No, I already mentioned Tubi. If you want to talk about Tubi, that's fine. I'm done. I mean, Gremlins isn't on Tubi, but they do have a lot of content. A lot of great you know content. What? I feel like... If they could get this movie, they would. I oh, agree. that's true. I know. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they have. Uh, yeah, I'm all, pretty sure. It's all, yeah. It's all. That's the problem is that so many things go to the everyone. Like we need a couple of these streaming services to fold. So then you can start getting a mix on other stuff. Like I, I just canceled my Paramount Plus. That's like, okay, you know what? You're, you're kind of the worst of the streaming services. So you need to go out of business, Paramount Plus. Sorry. Wow. I mean. I mean, can I, not, I guess. Can we not, can we not I, bad? Can we not uh, like? Can we not shit talk potential, uh, potential uh, 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 sponsors here? I'm all in on I'm, Tubi. Okay. Apparently, we Tush can't. Their, we'll turn Paramount money down. Apparently, Tush can't handle the like five dollars a month that Paramount Plus costs. It's uh, it's really hurting his pocketbook. Um, it costs ten, it's 10 if, you want, yeah. if you want to add free, and then if you try cancel, they beg you to stay by giving it to you for five. For two months, and then you know. Oh, you know how I feel. I I just roll with the ads because uh, you know 
I don't, yeah. they don't bother anyway, me. Anyway, just like Tubi. just like Tubi, Tubi has ads, but yeah. they're they're not that many ads. And then, no. like as, as Tush has always said, it gives you a good chance to check your phone. There's there like seriously though, like I know it seems like a joke when we talk about Tubi, but honestly, if you haven't downloaded it, you really should because there is a shocking amount of content on Tubi. That's all I'm gonna say. And I'll also say, unlike Paramount Plus. Tubi doesn't try to upsell you. Paramount Plus is like you're on it, then they're like, "Oh, subscribe! Like add on Showtime to watch this too." It's like, no, Showtime sucks. I shouldn't have to add on Showtime to watch this new movie with Mel Gibson and Josh Duhamel. You know, <laughs> that's what made me quit. I'm like, how dare you ask me for more money, Paramount Plus, to okay. watch the wonderful things on Showtime? But you know, it's free. Tubi. Tubi. Okay, yeah. check us out, GameZillaMedia.com. Join us on Discord. Talk about how much you love Tubi <laughs> and sure. this movie uh, and Gremlins. Um, tell us what you think about Gremlins. Tell us what you think about Gremlins 2, the new batch. Tell us uh, about crap you had from Gremlins. Um, you know, because I had more stuff than I even remembered at first. Um, we're also on Instagram and uh Twitter until that folds. We'll see how long that lasts. It's still kicking as of right now. Um, and when do you uh, start your OnlyFans? My, start my OnlyFans? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't talk about that here, but you're like, I'm going to show off my tubies. <laughs> tubies? Wow. <laughs> oh. More than one? Hey, the need to mention tubies. <laughs> Over what, like, you know, it, it just, it, you know, it's more important. I think you're kind of, I think you're kind of hurting our chances at the sponsoring us, Dave. I just, oh, I also, sorry, I want to say, be, judge. I want to say, loves this, everyone equally. I want to say before this episode ends, I'm glad I didn't have to do a uh, Johnny Carson shot. Yeah. You Ooh. know, what? I think we're all glad about that. Anyway, check us out on discord. You can chat with us there and it's great. Um, Tush, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Sure. Joe, you got anything else? <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a night, guys. All right. Anyway, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>